0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tech Sims Technical Conversations. Um, today is a little bit of a different one because it's a field that none of us are particularly um, keyed in on. Uh, so, none of us have ever studied, I'm sure. Rufaro confirmed this. You haven't done nuclear engineering, have you?
1: What's no, one I of your not. many talents? have not. Co- I
0: Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, uh, yeah, just as a hobby not, not <laughs> academically. So, <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Uh, okay, cool. So today we're joined by Simbarashe Mangena, who's a radio, rad, radiation scientist or, or uh, nuclear engineer from the Radiation Protection Authority of Zimbabwe. Uh, he's going to give us a walkthrough basically, because this is introductory well, for most of us on basically the applications and use cases for um, nuclear technology and sciences in Zimbabwe, Africa in general. Um, so uh, Simba, would you introduce yourself and um, just a walkthrough of what you do?
2: Hello, hello everyone. Uh, thank you very much for having me. Um, yes, uh, like you rightly mentioned, I'm with the radiation protection authority of Zimbabwe. Uh, basically all of us have done nuclear at one point in time. It's just that there's a variance in nomenclature as you go up there that uh, there's a lot of specialization. But uh, if we look, basically at our um, curriculum, general science, of course, the new curriculum now, we've got uh, the young kids actually learning about atoms as early as junior school, which uh, was not a privilege for some of us who got to later learn about atoms, I think, at high school. So basically, uh, nuclear engineering is just uh, delving deep into applications from that basic structure of the atom which is that uh secular structure that was being drawn by the teachers in school where you had a big circle and a small circle inside that small sequence said was called the nucleus so a person who is specialized in reactions that okay in the nucleus of an atom is then a nuclear engineer but basically it's something something that you guys have come across in all facets of education as we're going up there but um So in Zimbabwe, basically, uh, what we have are big or byproduct technologies of uh, nuclear reactions. Basically, a nuclear reaction occurs within the central part of the atom. So a system that coordinates, controls, and um, initiates that reaction is called a nuclear reactor. So, what we have at the moment in Zimbabwe are byproduct applications of nuclear science, where we are saying the products of reactions within a nuclear reactor are the radiation sources. So, these are the ones that we have in application at most in the medical aspects. I'm sure you guys have um, come across uh, at one point in time, as you're growing up, got fractured limbs and went to the hospital, we had to get an X ray. That's an application of uh, radiation. So uh, it's something that we've always been having, but um, if it's not uh, if it's not really tabulated or explained to detail, you will never get to look at it in that um, realistic place per se. But it's something that is already there. If we look in the mining industry, or basically if we look in um, The social sector, I'm sure you guys at one point in time, enjoy your drinks. If you look at the beverage bottle, let's say for example, a Coca-Cola bottle. Before you open that bottle, if you look at the level of uh, beverage that is in one bottle against the other, you'll see that the level of beverage is quite uniform. That is an application of uh, nuclear technologies as well to make sure that um, uh, whatever we manufacture, sighting of the Uh, beverages that we have, we use nuclear applications, the radiation sources, you have a source in a detector that moves uniformly through the beverage to make sure that the liquid level is there. So these applications that are already existent, but uh, uh, we never took time per se to just uh, um, investigate further or scrutinize further what uh, really entails or what really happens in the sidelines. So if we look again in road construction, we are always complaining about portals in the roads. Uh, Tarmac, the way the tar is laid on the ground, before uh, the actual calculations of the thickness of the tar strip that is to be placed on a tarred road is done, they use nuclear technologies as well to measure the moisture of the road surface so that they know the exact thickness of the tarmac that they should use. So I'm talking about day-to-day applications that are already existent in our frame of reference so that we can kind of like familiarize ourselves. Of course, you know, the first impression when it comes to nuclear is uh, the explosives, the nuclear bombs, ETC, ETC, um, that we see on on various movies. So it's uh, it's unfortunate that uh, the nuclear aspects we had a very bad first impression in the sense that they were introduced is uh, military applications. So a military application where we have uh, military explosives like that is just an uncontrolled nuclear reaction. But we have become able to develop systems and, and frames of reference that allow us to also use these technologies for peaceful means. So in a nutshell, uh, just to set the ball rolling, uh, nuclear technologies and radiation technologies are applicable in our day to day living. From the moment we wake up, the moment we move around, every way that we interact with, there are certain nuclear aspects, there are certain technologies. In the room that you guys are actually in right now, if you look into the ceiling, uh, if you ever thought to actually ask what causes the the fire system to detect smoke and automatically quench fires in buildings. That is a nuclear application. Smoke detectors, they have radiation sources that react with the, the smoke that comes from a fire and actuate the hoses and the fire hydrant systems to quench that would to quench that flame as well. So these are the things that we have in a nutshell.
1: Gustaf um, Simba, you've mentioned quite a lot there and now like bringing it home and trying to understand, okay, so what is the Radiation Protection Authority of Zimbabwe's mandate um, in Zimbabwe in regards to all of those applications that you were mentioning?
2: Yes, in any nation, there has to be a parent body that uh, promotes the safe use of these technologies in the country, and that sets out regulations and um, kind of like a watchdog for the nation in terms of safe use, application, post-use, and linkages within the regional systems as, as well as the international systems. So the radiation protection authority is that uh, arm of government that is there to make sure that all the radiation technologies that are being used in the country are used in a safe manner to promote peaceful use of the technologies themselves and to improve the quality of life. So it's essentially the national watchdog for all radiation applications in the country. Wow, interesting. So uh, to the best of
0: our knowledge, South Africa is the only African country with an operating nuclear power plant or at least that we are aware of. Uh, which has been producing power since around 1984, the Queningberg Power Station. It's about 30 kilometers northwest of Cape Town, and there's two units of 900 megawatts capacity uh, for like each power reactor. Uh, why has nuclear not really taken off in Africa? What are the barriers and roadblocks holding back its adoption?
2: Oh, thank you very much. Uh, the challenge we had pretty much uh, in the African context was uh, two pronged. First of all, uh, the financing aspect, uh, the cost of um, establishing, maintaining, and uh, coming up with a nuclear system was very much on the high side. And again, uh, the second facet was the aspect of the nuclear reactor technologies that are actually in the market or that were actually in the market since the eighties and up to now. Uh, we've had uh, large-scale commercial reactors as the only reactors that were on the market. By large-scale commercial reactors, I'm referring to a nuclear system that is able to generate an energy of one gigawatt electrical. If you look at our power grids uh, in Zimbabwe, I think putting all, taking all factors constant or satirist variables that all the power stations are working, we actually might be within the range of one gigawatt electrical or less. So uh, from uh, 2015 right up to now, we, the international community has designed what we call small modular reactors. These actually have become um, the sort of limelight or the rekindling of interest in the African context because these are systems that are able to generate electricity from 250 megawatts electrical up to 300 megawatts electrical. These are systems that can actually be embedded in our grids because uh, aside of South Africa alone in terms of um, grid infrastructure, they were the only country in Africa which had a grid that was big enough to sustain a one gigawatt electrical nuclear power plant. So that is where the challenges have been. But because of these small modular technologies, there's rekindled interest. And there's also um, a framework the capital cost of developing the nuclear power becomes cheaper because the reactor systems that you are that you are employing can actually be tailor-made to suit the specific electrical need that you have, aside of having one plant on the market that is way beyond the energy consumption limits that countries would have.
0: Yeah, I see. I was actually curious with the nuclear models that you mentioned. Um, is it in the realm of possibility for Zimbabwe to adopt nuclear power like in, 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 in those module format? And if so, um, how, how far or close away are we, are we from it? If not, what are the hurdles? Like, Is it a regulatory issue? Is it just a capital issue? Is it an investment issue, etc.
2: I'd like to say right now, uh, we've got a lot of potential to engage in uh, nuclear applications because of this advent of these small modular reactors. Uh, Since the capital cost is low, um, it is something which uh, is given the right uh, footing and the right backing in terms of uh, national policy. Uh, It is something that can be lobbied for because we are talking about something that is a bit feasible in terms of our budgetary constraints and our capital costs as well. I would like to mention and comment a bit on the... Zimbabwean frame. Uh, from 2019, uh, we actually ratified the Comprehensive Nuclear Test Ban Treaty. Uh, we submitted our instruments for ratification for that treaty. These are conventions that show our commitment towards peaceful uses of nuclear technology. And again in 2019, a, mem- a memorandum of cooperation was signed between um, the Russian Federation and Zimbabwe for peaceful uses of nuclear. So I'd like to say that we are in the neighborhood, but um, we then need to lobby and also to come up with an informed uh, perspective that can actually influence policy to adopt such technologies. Because right now, more than ever, we actually have a realistic chance in terms of our um, ability and in terms of our grid size as well. We can have a nuclear technology that can suit our country specific energy deficit. Or we can also have a system where we can use, or we can define certain load centers. Like for example, maybe our mining sector, we can come up with a system that allows um, the grid or a nuclear technology that feeds directly into certain regions that we identify in our economic planning as special economic zones, maybe for mining or for other high energy intensive uh, applications. So there is potential. It is a time that uh, consistent with the national policy of making the country a middle-class income by 2030. This is the right time to actually be lobbying for the development of nuclear power. And this is also why I also had interest to want to partake in a platform like this so that we can also send the right information to the public and the populace in general. I see. So how far along are we when it comes to uh,
0: a framework, uh, a a nuclear policy framework that is unique to Zimbabwe?
2: Okay, the first uh, or the penultimate hurdle that is very important in starting a nuclear power program is the national opposition. So um, if government uh, is influenced or if government uh, decides to uh, take the nuclear route, Um, structures are already in place in terms of uh, the International Coordinating body called the International Atomic Energy Agency to assist all newcomer nations to develop their necessary infrastructure for them to uh, successfully run a nuclear power program. I would like to mention two two different aspects here. A nuclear power plant and a nuclear energy program are in inter alia, but different in certain applications. A nuclear energy program encompasses a nuclear power plant so what we want to be embarking on right now is a nuclear energy program and a nuclear energy program will will normally run for 10 to 15 years to allow you first to build the infrastructure in terms of the the human resource capability the funding the financing models the procurement aspects all the various technical and non-technical issues that are cross-cutting with respect to procurement, construction and development of a nuclear technology. So in the context of how far we are, we are as far as we would want to influence our national position, which is why even people like me would also want to be engaging in such techn- in such discussions to also conscientize um, our principles on the feasibility of a nuclear technology. Like you said, even uh, from the introduction, it's something that is a bit uh, uh, niche in the sense that people won't necessarily understand it. But as we talk and discuss like we are doing, I'm sure your understanding and your comprehension of the subject matter becomes better and allows a platform for development in both aspects and angles with respect to the national reference frame as well.
1: So yeah, as we've just been talking, it is getting clearer now Um, to me, particularly someone who's just new getting to know about nuclear. Um, So given how you're saying it's a niche um, thing, are there any companies that are interested in investing in nuclear um, for Zimbabwe? Hello, Simba? Has he dropped off? Um, no, he's still connected. Oh, okay. Well,
0: oh, okay, now on.
1: he's dropped off. Yeah. Well, yeah, do you chop chop?
0: Uh, okay. So it's a, so it seems like a network issue. Network has not been kind these days. So how what have you learned about nuclear technology today that is probably you haven't come, came, come across before, like in reading or in passing?
1: But we are on the hot seat, dude.
0: <laughs> yes, yes.
1: Well, the first one is the applications. Um, so it's not just energy um there's mining there's um and mining is the one that he mentioned i was like oh okay um there's also food industry um food and agriculture and there's also art like this one was also another wild one but okay how are you relating nuclear to art and apparently Mm -hmm. um it's got to do with aging of art so like some techniques like carbon 14 is that the one that they call carbon dating yep yeah um,
0: yeah, that's what's used for carbon dating.
1: Yeah, so that, um, and yeah, space. Let's go to space. The mobile should go to space. Space exploration. I don't
0: think we've got the, the, I think we've got the capacity to go to space exploration as, as good as it would to do. I think we have bigger problems. Bigger
1: yes, problems. yes, it always comes to that. Like, yeah, sure, going to space sounds cool. But we've got other problems, like particularly that one about power, like, yeah, power generation using nuclear in in Zimbabwe, like, we've got a power crisis. Like, just when was it? Um, last night. Isn't this the story of there's a Wangi unit that caught on fire? And apparently it might be, um, well, not might be. Well, yes, might be. I, I still I don't know whether it's factor yet. Um, mm-hmm. But power generation will probably be affected in Zimbabwe, which will mean Lord shedding and all of those things. And outside of that, even if they were all not working because they're never. I don't know if they're ever all working because sometimes we have load shedding and stuff. So it's like maybe nuclear power could be a solution to that. Um to be like, hey, if we've got this massive um, source of power that will last a long time, um it will alleviate some of our power situations, which would then boost economy because people have constant power. Constant power means you can spend more time on the internet. Spending more time on the internet hopefully means you get to learn new things and um, innovate. And yeah,
0: but it's, it's it's kind of like a double-edged sword because like with nuclear power comes waste, and even need
1: yes. like
0: countries are having a
1: difficult time managing that. Yeah, because so it's, it's not some like something the, you can just put in a in a bin hey. <laughs> yeah, you have to you have build to. facilities. It reminds yeah. me. You wanna know what it reminds me of? No. Uh, I thought you were gonna guess. It reminds me of Dark. I'm not gonna guess. Oh right. Yeah, is pretty much Dark. <laughs> ah, I'm sorry. This one it does relate. Like clearly, this one is a clear relater Um, because no. Dark, Dark is the best series ever. If you've not watched it, um, you can just go Netflix, and they do have those hints of a nuclear um, power plant and waste and storage of that waste. And I won't spoil, cause yeah, you better watch it. But yeah um this what you call it, dispose of that waste is is a concern. Hi Simba, uh, can and you hear us? Guys... What's back? I'm back.
2: I think we're having challenges in the connectivity.
1: Uh, okay. okay. Um so so just to pick up right where we left off, um I had asked that you had said that it's a niche um thing. So I was wondering if there are any um companies that are looking to invest in nuclear for Zimbabwe. Hello. Um did you manage to Hello? get the, the question? Hello Simba. Hmm. This was- yeah, he dropped off
0: again. Yeah, he just dropped off again.
1: I'm not being insensitive or really, anything, but dark, where was I? <laughs> Right. Uh, uh, ah. Okay. You can't talk about that. Hello? Hey, said, but can you hear me? I can hear you now. Okay. Um, no. Cool. Hello? Oh, um, hello, Simba. Yes, I can hear you. Okay. Um, so hopefully the connection stays stable. Um, So the question that I had asked was, you had just mentioned that it's a niche um, industry. So I was wanting to find out if there are any companies that are looking to invest in nuclear for Zimbabwe. Hello. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Hello. Hello. Um, uh, Simba, can you hear you?
0: Metro like problemas are popping up again. Yeah. Ah, it is the life in Zimbabwe. Hello. Hi, Simba. Can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Well, it looks like the 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 network issue is not going to go away anytime soon. Um, so I think we should um, uh, wrap it up. Um, I'd like to thank Simba for joining us, uh, although the network was just being jealous today. You know, the first time that's happened. Uh, thanks you to Faro and Edwin for you know being here, even though you know you are you have no choice. and
1: mm, I'm like not
0: sponsored
1: mm, by Doc, okay. by the way. This yes. episode is not sponsored by
0: <laughs> no Doc. No choice at all. <laughs> yeah, that should be mentioned. So uh, thank you everyone for listening. Uh, we will definitely have a part two with Simba on this to go deeper into, into nuclear whenever we can get the situation stabilized. But from me, uh, bye-bye. Bye. Aren't, aren't you going to... Oh, I thought you not going to sign up for something, but that's so rude, man. <laughs> <laughs> we are... <laughs> Bye.